we decided we were having a hard time figuring out what the topic should be because we were completely, we felt a lot of overwhelm, but then we knew we wanted to talk about being a highly sensitive person at some point. And then we realized that they go hand in hand, Mm -hmm. overwhelm and being an HSP. So if you feel like you're overwhelmed by the world, stay tuned. (laughs) So do we. Yeah. (laughs) Welcome to one fry short, you know, of a happy meal. I'm Jamie Spielmaker. And I'm Rachel Wynn. We're just two women having candid and empathetic conversations about mental health and how we can support each other. We are not experts. Not even close. But if you want to feel less alone in your neuroses, you've come to the right place. Welcome back. Welcome back. New year, same us. <laughs> I'm so sick of that are you? It's, it's so overdone. It's everywhere. I mean, I'd rather say that than New Year, New Me. Yeah. God. I fall victim to it. Yeah. Have you tried to have you tried to start anything new? I mean, I definitely have this looming sense of organizing. <laughs> I did some of that this weekend. Yeah, which I didn't have that in December. Mm. Fresh it's- start. How have you been since the holidays? Oh my God, it was. Yeah, we haven't. We haven't had. We haven't debriefed. Yeah. Um, I mean, on the whole, it was a it was a beautiful season. There were just so both kids got the flu at different different points, and I somehow got in the hole when we went to Florida. Something about that place. I don't know what it is. I'm sensing a pattern. I know. I I don't know. It's so beautiful. I have like all of my family around and I don't know. There's like a couple things. I'm working on it with my therapist. I think it half of it is it's so beautiful that I'm like in my thoughts the whole time about it. Mm. Um there's part of it where when I'm with the kids, I'm just frustrated because I'm like, oh, I could be sitting out on that chair drinking coffee alone right now, mm. but I'm in here watching Blippy. It's <laughs> Blippy. Oh, I'm so happy for you that you don't know. Who that <laughs> is. And then also, there's just no downtime, and we know that triggers me. And so now that I know that that triggers me, I'm working with my therapist on like, how can I work through that mm-hmm. when I know I can't have. Like now that they're in school, the the actually the day they went back to school, I had actually the worst day. But then the day after that, when I had the morning to myself, I was better. Like I'm much better now. I just need that time. Mm-hmm. How's yours? Because you are. A. Oh yeah. <laughs> that leads us into this week's episode. Um, well, I have struggled really badly. Um, coming out of the holiday season. I just, I don't know. There's something like really depressing and bare about like January. Mm -hmm. Um, Like I don't feel excitement for the new year. I just feel like it just feels like sad. I don't know. And I, I had a very chaotic holiday break. I had one week of my husband's family and then I had 
a with full the week. toe. Yeah. <laughs> I had an ingrown toenail that I had to have removed upon arrival in Florida. It's so French sexy. Toe. I'm so sexy. Um, and then I had a full week of my family, um, which is a, a mixed family, if you will. I don't know if that's the right terminology, but like I have, you know, my stepdad and my biological dad and and, and all in the same house and my dog and everybody got sick. And so by the time the holidays were over, I was so, it took me a full week to recover. Mm -hmm. A full week. Mm -hmm. I'm not even kidding. I slept like crazy. I got kind of a little bug. Um... It's weird. I get like this weird like pseudo sickness like in my chest when I feel super stressed and overwhelmed. Yeah. And I had that for a couple of days, but it never really materialized. It was just sort of there and then it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just like slept like crazy and just like didn't do a lot. And it was hard. I just felt really so crappy. It's a holiday hole is what I call it. Ho- Absolutely. It's yeah. a holiday hole. Um, I feel a little better now. I feel like I'm going to do some new habits this year that are, I think will help me because I think part of the reason I get like really weird is because I don't have anywhere to go in the morning. Mm-hmm. I used to, mm-hmm. but I work from home now. I don't have an office. Mm-hmm. And so I, it's up to me to like get the fuck out of bed <laughs> and stuff. I know that sounds really like yeah. privileged and it is, but <sighs> Like to actually put on, like I'm sitting here in my robe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So what's your habit for that? I'm going to get up in the morning and brain dump. Oh, good. Like write things that I'm needing to do, but also feeling, mm-hmm. just kind of getting it on paper. I'm like very much like a writer, or like a physical writer. That's what got me out of the hole. Really? Is yeah. writing. I was flailing because I was, I felt sick that morning mm. and you know me. I was like spiraled. I spiraled because I'm like, am I actually sick or is this just stress? That is such your trigger. It is. It's because I don't trust myself enough to know if I'm actually sick or if it's stress making me sick. Hmm. And I get down on myself of it. I'm like, why can't I just calm down? Now I'm wasting a day. Oh, this is my morning to myself. So I was just, I mean, I went down a deep, dark spiral and I was just laying there in the dark, rolling around (laughs) like, what's wrong with me? I just want to escape. And so I just opened up my journal and I took two full pages of every single thought that was in my head. And I felt 10 pounds lighter. Well, you know, Julia Cameron, the author of The Artist's Way, Mm -hmm. says that she writes three full pages of stream of thoughts notes every single morning before she does anything. Mm, I get that. I used to do that. Like when I was in my weird sick hole last year, it was really fucking weird and dark. Yeah. But Did you save the journals? Yeah. Sometimes I read them. They're fucked up. You <laughs> you read them? You're not supposed to. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I will say I wanted Brian <laughs> to read them so he could see where my head was at because this is stuff I would never say. But he was like, "Are you? Sh- I can if you want. Are you sure?" And I'm like, I left it on his pillow. It's <laughs> <laughs> like a subtle. Oh, if you just and then I don't think he ended up doing it because I wasn't forceful enough about it. That reminds me of that Sex in the City episode where he leaves the post on the pillow and it's like, I'm sorry, I, I can't. can't. Don't hate me. <laughs> Burger. Burger. Yeah. That was the best episode. And then she knocks the flower vase over. Yeah. 
Um, well, we had this epiphany. Well, it wasn't really epiphany. It's something that each of us have known for a long time that one of the biggest reasons that we had such a difficult holiday and maybe recovery from the holiday is because we're both highly sensitive people. I have a petition to rename it. What would you like to rename it? I haven't gotten that far, but I <laughs> I hate the term highly sensitive person because as people who were called sensitive in a bad way growing up, it was it was a negative characteristic, like, oh, you're too sensitive. Oh, don't do this to Rachel. She's so sensitive. Oh, she's going to cry. So like to come back and be like, no, there is research that shows that I am a highly sensitive person. It's like, yeah, no shit. And it's like, no, sensitive to stimulus, not like a character trait. So uh, let's rename it. I know. I had the same experience as a kid. I'm yeah. very sensitive, quote unquote, to feedback. Yeah. So if a teacher like reprimanded me, reprimanded me or someone made fun of me, which was often, uh, it would I would get really upset about it. I would cry and stuff. Should we call it like a highly attuned person <laughs> or a hap? Mm, a hap? I don't know. Something something halfway different. to happy. <laughs> <laughs> Always. <laughs> You're always just halfway there. Halfway, halfway to happy. I don't even know if I'm halfway. I think I'm more of like an eighth. Oh, God. (laughs) You're circling the drain. Um, So the term came from Elaine. Erin. Okay, I'm sorry. When I see her name, I think of the skit with Keegan-Michael. Is it Keegan-Michael Key and Jordan Peele when they're like, A.A. Ron. (laughs) Do you remember that? Is that that a SNL skit? No, oh. I want to say maybe Funny or Die, but oh. it's... Um, oh, because it's like A.A. Ron. There, it's like it's a black like, teacher going, naming kids and like a... He's like a teacher in I've a white class that. and yes. he's like trying to figure out the names. Yeah. Like, A.A. Ron? <laughs> no, Aaron. I see her Her last name is A-R-O-N and I just... Is it Aron? I, I can't do it. Probably should have looked it up before. It's probably Aaron. So yeah, the research came about from Elaine and... Aaron, who's a PhD and also a self-proclaimed highly sensitive person. Um, and let's talk about what a highly sensitive person, like the traits and then how we figured out or like the moment. So in her book, um, the highly sensitive person, how to thrive when the world overwhelms you, (laughs) there's a, there's a self test. And so I'll, Oh my God, there's like 20. I'm not going to read all of them. I'll read you some. I seem to be aware of subtleties in my environment. (laughs) Check. Other people's moods affect me. I find myself needing to withdraw during busy days into bed or a darkened room where I can have privacy and relief from stimulation. (gasps) I'm sensitive to the effects of caffeine. And I think alcohol was one of them. I have a rich, complex inner life. Um, easily overwhelmed by things like bright lights, strong smells, coarse fabrics, or sirens. Um, I'm deeply moved by art or music. Um, when people are uncomfortable in a physical environment, I tend to know what needs to be done to make it more comfortable. I'm annoyed when pre- people try to get me to do too many things at once. I make it a point to avoid violent movies and TV shows. 
Let me see if there's any good ones I'm missing. Um, being very hungry creates a strong reaction in me, disrupting my concentration or mood. Right? <laughs> I call it low blood sugar, but I guess it's <laughs> well that every single one of every single one of those that you just listed off, I have to mm-hmm. a T. Same. I mean, I think we could check off all of these to be quite honest. Um, I startle easily. Brian said I, I'm not allowed to sleep with a knife next to the bed <laughs> or a gun. We can never have a gun in the house because I'd shoot him because he'll so, walk up and I'm like, ah! So I don't startle easily, but Connor does, mm. which is funny because he is not a sensitive person. He is not attuned to the subtleties of life. Neither like I notice everything. Are you one of those people in movies where you're like, that person was in episode two, season five of Friends? Yeah. Like, And it's like yeah. somebody like, 15 years later. Random. Yeah. yeah. Hello, White Lotus. Yeah. Like, like, I notice things like crazy and I cannot do, I'm not a multitasker. Mm-hmm. So, like, I can't tell you how many times I'll be working and Connor will come say something to me or ask me something and I will just not respond. Oh, but I think that's a good way of, that seems like a coping mechanism for it. Because if you were to do too many things at one time, you would get overwhelmed and break down. But it's rude. He's like, so, hey, babe, what do you want for dinner or something? And I'll just be like. Oh, instead of being like one moment, let me finish this. Oh, yeah. I just like don't even. I'm like, and I have to tell him like, I have this weird thing. I don't know if you're like this, but when I'm working and I'm in this like, I get into this weird, almost like REM like mode of working where Mm -hmm. I am like in it. I am like so attuned to my work Mm -hmm. that anything else, I'm like, absolutely not. Don't even, don't even come over here. Don't even look at me. Yeah. Well, you're a writer. Yeah. And I think I just sink into this weird subconscious place where like, if I'm like, even if I'm just doing some, even if I'm doing like analytics or something Mm -hmm. for my job, like Mm -hmm. I get in this weird, I don't know. It's like a rogue state and- I, I That's can't. probably when you get your best work done. Yeah, it is. But like I'm highly sensitive to distract eye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. When was the first time you realized or even heard the term and realized? Is I think like my mom moment? always knew. I think she has called me a highly sensitive person. She before. knew what the phrase was? I think so. I think yeah. she has called me that before. Or she has said the thing, or she has said Jamie is highly sensitive. But did she mean it in terms of stimuli? Or did she mean it in terms of like a personality trait? I think she, I, I think she knows it's both. <laughs> like when my family comes into town and they fuck up my house, mm. it makes me crazy. <laughs> yeah, you get overwhelmed. Though. Yeah, and she's like very aware of that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think that's it, nice. But it's like, I think highly sensitive people can also have per- perfectionist behaviors too. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. yeah, I'm sure they go hand to hand. That's kind of what she says in here is that we were right. A trait was not the same, but it was strongly associated with neuroticism. So in other words, if you're a highly sensitive person, you are more likely to be affected by anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. Yes? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, okay, so I was told about it. I had a have a really good friend um, when I lived in East Atlanta when Claire was born and I didn't really have much of a community around me. I felt pretty isolated um, because we had just moved there. I didn't know anyone. 
And Claire was a few months old and we were at the park and I was telling her like about how Claire's cries were just completely overwhelming to me. Like even the moment she started crying, I needed it to stop. And so like the very first moment she started crying more, just not like when I was in the hospital and she was just born. You mean like, so babies cry a lot mm -hmm. because they're telling you what they need. Right. And if I was driving and she started crying in the back seat, it would be the end of me because I would I would get so overwhelmed with her cry and then being not being able to help her and being in the car. It was like I was so panicky. Whereas Brian would be like, "It's fine, we're like twenty minutes away," and I'm like, "I can't, you don't I understand. can't hear yeah. this." But I didn't know that that wasn't normal. <laughs> so I thought Brian, I was like, "How can you hear this and not and be okay?" I'm like, "How do you not care?" Like I associated it with him not caring. But my friend was like, oh, you need to look up a highly sensitive person. And I was like, what's that? And it seemed kind of woo-woo. Like, yeah, you know, like, oh, these people just need something to feel better about themselves. Where she has research. So I started looking it up and all the traits. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't watch violent movies. I feel physically ill. Like I can't hear about anything happening. Like even the news overwhelms me to a point where I feel so sad like this happens in the world. I don't know. Music, like intense, loud, quick music will do it to me. And I need to turn it down. If we go out to restaurants and the music is loud, I can't concentrate on anything else. But the fact the music is loud smells, I instantly get a headache. I can't even go into Yankee Candle, let alone walk past it in the mall. And so all these things, they start making sense. And I was like- So you loved Abercrombie as a kid. (laughs) (laughs) That was really your place. Weirdly enough- I don't, I remember it bothering my mom and her needing to stand outside. I don't remember it bothering me. Maybe because it was dark in there. Maybe. (laughs) It was a balancing act. Maybe my teenage spite was just getting me through it. Like, I need to be cool. Mm -hmm. Um, But having kids is kind of what triggered it. I'm trying to, I mean, I lived in New York for years. I don't know how. Did that overwhelm you? I think it did. I remember when we would go out on weekends by Sunday, I would break down because mm. I think it was the amount of people I was surrounding myself with. It's confusing. So I, I first read The Highly Sensitive Parent because I was like, this is the thing that's overwhelming me the most. And in it, there are multiple things that were helpful. The main overarching message is that you need more downtime. Mm. You need more time to like charge your battery than other normal people. people. Right. (laughs) Than other people, which is like a laughing joke to me because like you don't get that much rest time during the day with kids. And the thing is, is that you need to ask for it and you need to find it. You need to unapologetically ask for it. So I think what this book did was release a lot of the guilt I had of needing more help. Yeah. Like I should be able to do this. Like me doing all this by myself shows how much I love them. And they're only this young, you know, for so long, I can't have, I don't want to put them in daycare. Like they're going to be in school before I know it. I'm supposed to soak this up. Whereas this was like, no, you're actually a, a, with better, parent. a better parent because you're more rested and it's true. So the kids would come home from school and I, you know, would put TV or iPad on so they could rest because they were just completely overstimulated. And I would start cleaning the dishes, cooking dinner. And they're like, no, you need to rest with your kids. Mm. And honestly, that has helped so much because 
I'll do that now or I'll sit down next to Oliver. I won't even look at my phone. We'll just sit there together. And then he'll have a meltdown 30 minutes later. And whereas before I would, it would completely destroy me, his meltdowns. I would need to like have a moment of silence after that because it was so overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Whereas now I feel like I can handle it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. So like knowing this about yourself is the first step to helping yourself. Yeah. No, I think that's right. Yeah. It just is a trait that like the world overwhelms you. Well, it's a helpful, it's helpful context Mm -hmm. to people who struggle with anxiety and depression. Yeah. Um, I feel overwhelmed by the world also. I don't have children, but I know that I will also feel overwhelmed by them, which is a big reason why I have, I have been on the fence for so long about having them because mm-hmm. I'm terrified of how overwhelmed I will feel. Mm-hmm. I feel overwhelmed by my tiny dog. Yeah. Because you feel <clears throat> everything that they feel. My God. Yesterday like- we were talking to a neighbor who just had a baby and we were talking to her. And Jasper was howling and crying because he could hear us, mm-hmm. but he couldn't see us. Mm-hmm. I I couldn't, I couldn't, I could not, yeah. you know, but it's, yeah, it's hard. It's hard. So now after reading this book, you saying, you know, it's, it's, you're worried because you know, it's going to overwhelm you. Like now I know to say you need to have a support system. Mm -hmm. So that's what she talks a lot about in this book is that we used to be like a village mentality where like the mother, like the grandmother would come in and take the older so you could care for the baby or the neighbor would come (laughs) boobs out, nurse the baby so you could (laughs) help, you know, make dinner. It was, we all helped each other and now we're isolated in our homes. And that is the worst thing for an HSP because we need human connection. We need just a little bit of it to keep us going. We need... But not too much. But not too much, yeah. <laughs> so she calls it a high... Sen- there are people who are high sensation seekers. And she said it's almost like they need one foot on the gas and one on the brake. And that's me. Like, I need to get out and I need to do something. And then I very quickly need to go back in. And But I can't be in too long because then I'm in a bad place. I need human interact. I don't know. No, I totally get that. So like this village mentality is real. Mm -hmm. We need caregivers. And that is her thing. Like we can, what I did was I was like the person, I was the only person my kids wanted. Mm. Claire would cry if Brian did something. And so he would hand her back to me or I'd be like, just let me do it. You can't do that as a highly sensitive person because you're going to be incredibly overwhelmed very quickly. You need to let your partner do something, even if the kid doesn't want your partner to do something, because you need that time to rest. You need that person, that baby, to build a bond with someone that's not you so that you have that time to yourself. And I didn't do that. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why I had such a hard time. The other thing is that, like, informing and educating the people around you as to what highly sensitive, like mm. that has been hard for me because it's like kind of a laughing. Yeah. So um, I'm very sensitive to volume mm-hmm. on the TV. Mm-hmm. So if a movie is not mixed right. Oh my God. When it's loud, then quiet and loud, then quiet. You mean? Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, Connor, turn it down. Turn it down. He, he knows that he has to have like his finger on the trigger to turn something down because I'm like, <laughs> 
And then he'll be like, why do you get so mad about that? And I, and I told him, I was like, I'm a highly sensitive person. And it like came out of my mouth and he was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Like, I don't think he fully gets it. I haven't had like the conversation with him about it, but, and maybe he'll, he'll learn by listening to this, but like, I can't too, I can't have too much going on. Mm-hmm. Like I was making dinner on Saturday night. And it came to the t- the point of the recipe where everything had to come together very quickly. Oh, God, yeah. <clears throat> and I feel this for you. And he's like, what can I do? And I'm like, fucking figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I can't tell you what to do. And then I have to like tell my brain to pause so I can like, I need you to take the bowl out of the dishwasher and put the edamame. And I'm like, why doesn't he just know? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like... So there are certain... How do you cope? Okay, that's the thing is like, when I was in my like depressed poetry writing phase... (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't that last night or two days ago? I wasn't writing poetry two days ago. (laughs) It was last summer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did I have a beret on and was I snapping? (laughs) (laughs) That's what I think of when I think of... Like, the thing I kept coming back to was, like, I feel like being a highly sensitive person is being, like, wrapped in gossamer. Like, you're so fragile. Fuck yeah. Mm -hmm. I feel so fragile. And sometimes I'm like, I can't. I wasn't meant for this world. I know. Uh, Yes. I'm PMSing, so I'm going to cry. I feel like I wasn't. How do you keep up in this world when. Everything overwhelms you. Everything. And everything moves so quick. And you're just expected to move that quickly. And. And if you're not like, there's such value placed on productivity. Sometimes I'm like, I just want to pack it up and move to the mountains and be alone with my family because like we're expected to keep up with this to be successful. And it is incredibly overwhelming and it takes a toll. And like, I just want to be alone in the house. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't. (sighs) I think, I I think that. I feel that all the all the time, all the time. I think, like you kept saying at the beginning of this podcast, what is wrong with me? Like I can't tell you how many times I could. I I wish that I could just be resilient. Yes, you feel like it's a lack of resiliency. But is it like our Connor told me one time that I'm not very resilient, and I took that so personally. Yeah. And it's, I feel like it's not that I'm not resilient is that it's just that I feel the bottom so hard. Yeah. We feel everything. We're taking in everything around us. Yeah. All day. Like there was, I went to Trader Joe's and there's a homeless man sleeping in the cold. And I, that honestly, it's the only thing I've been thinking about all day. We watched a documentary this weekend about this girl who got murdered in her dorm room and her dog was with her. And her dog ended up dying. All I could think about was the dog. Yes. Yeah, I like fixate. Yeah, yeah. And I can't, that's what they talk a lot about in the book is like the energy, things pull a lot of energy out of you. Yes. And you need multiple times during the day to sit and like to do things that feel good for you to get it back up. I think what is hard is that when we feel so fragile, we, we think like, what is even our value? Mm. If we take the, like, if it takes us so 
much, if it takes so much energy from us to just exist, like how do we, like, what do we bring to the table for the people around us? Well, I was reading this morning an an interview that Dr. A.A. Ron did (laughs) with Forbes, and she said that highly sensitive people make incredible leaders. Oh, I don't know about that. (laughs) So I kind of struggle with this because Claire is also a highly sensitive kid. She is very attuned to smells. Like if I'm eating chicken salad, she'll gag. Please get that smell away. Like she won't wear itchy things. She won't. She wouldn't wear pants for the longest time because it was too tight on her legs. Um, She, like, we have to get her the headphones whenever we go out in public because sometimes noises are too loud and it overwhelms her. So, like, she totally is too. And we're working in therapy with – because, like, one therapist was like, you know, kids without this trait would hear a loud noise and go to you for safety so you could tell them that it was okay and then they would be okay. Whereas Claire heard loud noises and like went under the bench and covered her ears because it was like so overwhelming to her. So it was promising that the therapist said like there are things you can work on where to get her to a point where she would just come to you and you could validate it was okay, then she's okay. But like, I don't know. I guess I don't have answers for this yet because I'm going to therapy for it now. <laughs> yeah. Um. But – I don't know. The resiliency thing is hard because you feel you feel you're you're in a struggle with like, am I just not resilient enough, or is this just how I am and I need to accept it and like put up more boundaries for living this life? Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm. This is just like vomit, like word vomit, but like. There are some careers I think we could never have because of this trait. Like, we're never going to be New York Stock Exchange brokers that are living on this, like, constant high energy because we can't. Like, I kind of did that when I was in New York, and I couldn't it, I couldn't do it. And I have, like, worked myself into this niche of, like, helping people. Like, you know, and we kind of struggled with this at the beginning of the podcast, like, the vulnerability aspect. Like... I would have vulnerability hangovers, but I'm like, I need to do this to help people. And my friend was like, you don't need to do that if you're not comfortable with it for the sake of helping. Like, you need to put yourself first. Um, You need to process it first, and then you can help people. So I don't know. I think. Well, I think as a highly sensitive person, you are super compelled to change the things in the world that you feel are not fair. Yeah. Like you, you, you have a bias for action. I do. Like you want to change stuff. And I I think it comes at the expense of helping yourself first. Yeah. Yeah. That's always the balance, right? Is like, I, I want to change. I want to change. I want to change. And then I'm burnout. (laughs) And so, um, that's something I'm still working on, but I feel like finally I'm at a place where I have figured out what I need, which is. My kids, I need alone time in the morning. So I have, my daughter's finally in kindergarten. My son, I put him in like a five-day morning situation. I'm not doing contracting work. I'm just focusing on this and errands and keeping the space around me chaos-free in our house. Because when things 
pile up. Like I am not a clean freak. Like I'm not, that is not something associated with me, but if there is a lot of stuff piling up, I'm instantly chaotic. Like things feel very chaotic in my life. Yeah. Um, I'm the same way. Yeah. (laughs) But you're like a clean person. (laughs) Well, I don't have children. It doesn't matter. My whole life. I mean, before kids, I wouldn't like clean a stove after cooking. I wouldn't. So I haven't always been like that. I used yeah. to be, my, my roommates used to be like, what the fuck is the matter with you? Yeah. Clean your Clean dishes. Yeah. Like, like, honestly, Jamie, like, it's weird. Yeah. I would let them, like, sit there and, like, grow things. <laughs> Ferment? Yeah. Yeah. I was reading about the highly sensitive person this morning, and she said that highly sensitive people make really good entrepreneurs. Yeah. I can see that. Because I think... I would be I would be interested to see how many highly sensitive people quote are creatives. I would too. You're thinking at a different level. Like the subtleties that we see and that we notice other people don't, and we turn that into art. Like it's beautiful to us. Yeah. Um like I can't tell you how many times I've cried at a concert and Connor's like, oh, the my me- God, oh my God. so weird. Yes. He would never say that to me, but I can yes. tell he's like you are so weird. I guess I do love that part of it. Oh, yeah. Like, um, yeah. Like, c- when I saw Coldplay this summer, I cried the whole time. Like, some sort of freak. The people yes. around me were like, okay. I'm a huge Coldplay person. Yeah. I think where we – okay, remember I keep saying what's wrong with me. Yeah. As a parent, I ha- I keep – I come back to this a lot. Like, what is my – what am – What's your superpower? Yeah, like what am I giving my kids? I think it's that they will always feel loved. Yeah, like, I mother those kids with love. Yeah, and yeah, they're not going to eat the healthiest food. They're not going to like you know be like the most. I don't know. You don't know yet. They're so young. They are, but I mean, I just feel like you're gonna you're very accepting. You're gonna be you're gonna accept them for whoever they want to be. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that you're able to see that Claire is a highly sensitive person informs the way you're going to parent her. Yeah. Which like our parents, like, you know, back in the day, didn't know what that was. No. Like I said, it was looked upon as a weakness. Right. Like my mom, I would say my mom sees the positive side of my sensitivity. She's like, you're always wanting to give like. Right. And I don't know. I'm curious what other people's stories are with being a highly sensitive person. And how did, and like, yeah, and what makes you feel better as a highly sensitive person? Like, how do you deal with it? And like, so when I was in college, I skipped class. Like, it was my job. Oh, really? I failed mm, at least five to 10 classes just because I never went. I would do what? all the work and ace all the work, and then they wouldn't give me credit because I didn't go. What? I cannot tell you how many times I would ditch my entire schedule, go to Target, buy $300 worth of autumn decorations that mm-hmm. I didn't have, mm-hmm. and just like, fuck it. And like, my teachers all would talk about me, mm-hmm. like, the bitch never goes to school. <laughs> I was highly involved on campus, mm-hmm. never went to class. Interesting. So do you think highly sensitive people are not school people? I could not stand school. Claire cannot stand school. Why couldn't you stand it? I don't like, first of all, 
the like attention part of it was was tricky for me like sitting in a desk i like to like talk i like to move Mm -hmm. my hands Mm -hmm. i like to be creative Mm -hmm. and like have being forced to learn about things that you don't give a crap about like math everything biology like Oh my god! I feel there were so twice. many things, but like, get me in philosophy, and I'm like on fire. I love it, and so I struggled with school for that reason, and how long of a day it was. I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm spending my entire day doing this. I hate mm-hmm. this, and I notice it with Claire too. She, this is classic Claire. She was like, it's just so ordinary. She calls school so ordinary and long. And I was like, that's exactly right. And I am sorry, but you have to go. You know, that is kind of profound. Mm-hmm. Because I am sensitive to the ordinary. Ordinary is. I am so absolutely cool. petrified of having an ordinary existence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am. Yeah. It keeps me awake at night. Yeah. Like, I feel like if I don't do something extraordinary in the world. Okay, this is so interesting to me because we feel the need to like leave a mark and leave a legacy. Yeah. I think my sister said something to me like it it was indigenous people, but I'm not sure where they were indigenous to, but they just felt like their job was to be here on earth and then they would die. And here we are just striving to make a difference. Like my thing isn't that I need a legacy, but I just want to leave it better than I found it. Like to make someone's life better because I existed, which like, Ew, the ego in that is kind of gross. But the ordinary is very boring to me. I think it's terrifying. And it's very hard living a life that feels sometimes like ordinary. I'm the status quo. I think that's I why I struggle sometimes with like when the kids are home every day. Mm. It's Groundhog Day and I'm I'm in this like robotic motion of – it is breakfast time. Now we have snack. And now we go to the park and we have lunch. And then we play a board game and do a craft and go to bed. And then I wake up and do it all again. Like it feels so. But then the day that broke me that I was texting you about, <laughs> I did way too much. I took them to this place with slime and the, the smells of the slime, the, the racing <laughs> children everywhere. I was like, we're leaving now. And Claire was like, no. And I was like, I got it. Like, there's no filtering what I'm saying. I'm like, we got to get out of here because I'm about to lose it. I'm about to lose. We got it. And I'm just sitting here like, I saw mom I know. And I'm like, is this your hell on earth? Because this is my hell on earth. She's like, "Ah, I mean, it's fine. It's like the kids like it. If you would have ran into me, I would have been like, I let's go get a cocktail. (laughs) <laughs> it was, and then I had the the nerve to take the kids to Trader Joe's where the they nerve. screamed for 30 minutes. Ollie screamed because he didn't have the push cart like Claire did, but I couldn't handle two kids with their own carts with me with my cart. And I lost it. I was like, I should have never had two children. I'm completely overwhelmed by two children needing me, two different personalities having to divide myself between it was just a completely overwhelming moment that I was like, what am I doing? <laughs> I don't know. It, it took like a couple of days to, that's when I broke on Wednesday. Well, that is just, that's just so interesting. It's like the concept of being overwhelmed and underwhelmed. It's the ordinary, yes. it's the highly sensitive person in you. That's yes. like, I'm overwhelmed for nothing. 
Okay, let's do uppers. My sister-in-law got engaged. Yeah. Oh! Yeah. So that was fun. He was like, the per- I was the person he was asking with the ring and all that. So it was like really fun to know this was happening for her. And we celebrated with them that night. And I'm excited to plan the wedding with her. That's so fun. Yeah, it it's was a, really it's sweet. It's an exciting time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is my upper? Yes. Okay. That can be my upper, I guess. We came back from the holidays and I was just like absolutely miserable. And I was like, we have nothing to look forward to except my dumb birthday, which like birthdays just get less and less exciting each year. Yeah. Um, but Connor was like, well, if we meet our financial goals this year, why don't we go to Paris for your birthday next year? And I was like, okay. Yeah. But the downside of that upper is that I have to stop shopping. Congrats, you made it to the end of our show. If you liked it, please share it with your friends and leave a review. If you didn't like it, don't worry about it. It will only cause us to spiral. We also want to reiterate that we are not experts, but please do call or text the people at the new mental health hotline at 988 because they are. Join in on the conversation on our Substack page at One Fry Short Pot. See you there.